when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This podcast contains explicit language. Yeah, we should edit that out probably, guys. You don't get to direct. Oh, you're right. This isn't drinking. This isn't your podcast. So that happened. This week, radical militants from a pseudo-Islamic death cult murdered 12 members of the staff of French satire magazine Charlie Hebdo in their Paris office, ending any hope we had that 2015 would be a respite from 2014's garbage and misery. Meanwhile, the new year has ushered in a new Congress, so far bringing us the same old stories, a leadership fight with John Boehner, a rift over budget policy, and of course the perennial question, can our government actually govern? Finally, the 2016 race is now officially underway, and right off the bat we have one of those silly, unserious rows between two rivals. Is there any chance that we might actually raise the bar in this election? I'm Jason Lincolns with the Huffington Post's Arthur Delaney and Sam Stein. Here's what happened first. All right, hey guys. Welcome, I guess, to like the 2015 premiere of... Uh, so that happened. It's great to be back. It is great to be back. And g- you know who we're with today? I'm here with Arthur Delaney. Good morning. Yes. And joining us today, a special guest. Exactly. No, this is Sam Stein. Yes. This is my boss. <laughs> <laughs> this is my boss. This better go well. How is um? How is everyone's uh, New Year's? Just 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 right off the bat, everyone have a good. You know. Yeah, I like New Year's. I, I prefer I New at... Year's to uh, birthdays, to be honest. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. I went to Sam's house. Yeah. Already controversy here. Well, your birthdays, it's like you you yourself are getting older and you feel like a year's done in your life. And New Year's, it's just, that's time passing by. Birthdays, it's all about you, and I, I don't like that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm unique. No, I think I think you just said something beautiful. That's a very fairly compelling point. (laughs) I'm I'm bringing it today. Everyone else, the world is aging, but not you yourself specifically. Exactly. Even though you're part of the world. I want to say I want to say Sam (laughs) though that like uh, you know. I'm glad you were born. Had I been present at your birth, I would have chanted ten nine eight seven six five four three two one as you dropped. Thank out you. Of you, sort of look, you, look, you look like my moil. So. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been there. Oh Trust my me. God. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't want me anywhere. Yeah, I, I was not made to be a moil. Okay. We'll, so, ne- <laughs> we'll never be moils. So the 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 news around the time of the new year was obligingly slow, and we had the dim hope. That maybe 2015 was not going to be the garbage year that 2014 was. And here we are. We're not even a week into... Are we a week a into... D- dim hope or dumb hope? I was drunk most of the holiday. <laughs> With a dim, obviously painfully naive hope because obviously the, the big news this week is the, the tragedy that happened uh, in the 19th, I believe, arrondissement of uh, Paris. Uh, t- three uh, gunmen. Uh, shot up a, a satiric, the office of a satirical magazine uh, that maybe most Americans don't, never heard of um, called Charlie Hebdo. It was a tragedy, but mainly it was an outrage. Yeah, it was disgusting is what it was. 
Um, and uh, I mean, I, I, you know, it's interesting because uh, it's it's also it's it's now raised all these kind of like I think thorny questions about uh, free speech because Charlie Hebdo as a sort of institution. Uh, is probably best known for its for its illustrations, its cartoons, and its cartoonists have really over the course of the magazine's the latter half of the magazine's existence, especially uh, obviously pushed the envelope and pushed buttons as far as the content of of what they've what they've drawn and what they've they've gone to the well many many times mm-hmm. uh, in, in cartoons that yeah are are, are satirized and, and fairly uh what i would call you know on the edge of invective uh um, uh the prophet muhammad and, yeah. and, and radical islam and um, everyone else and and, and yes yeah that's yeah, the thing everyone else everyone islam, else yeah. yeah they've uh they've 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 i don't think they've done anything really terribly mean to to uh to Jews, but they've they've lampooned. Christ- uh, I think Christians. I've seen a, a, a Jewish uh, a caricature of Jewish people or two. I haven't. I'm not a subscriber, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, nor, you know, they... nor are we French speakers, yeah. I, at least as far as I know. No, I'm not. I mean, I had, Arthur might speak a little French. My college transcripts Same will, <laughs> right? My college transcripts will tell you I I completed French, and I want to tell you that's that's that's. Let's just get it. Can I just say? Yeah, go ahead. I have been dumbfounded and flabbergasted by how hard it's been for we and you know the the liberal world to get behind uh condemning attacks on a cartoon unequivocally when you mean the liberal world what are you what are you talking about like the, the west the, the west about, okay, you know yeah, yeah. uh how we're, so we're, i feel like we've i feel like we've all roundly condemned this I, I have seen so much stuff in which, yes, murdering people is always the worst, but free speech doesn't mean you have to go around insulting people's now, holy... That argument's going to crop up. I don't think that argument is winning in this particular instance. I do think it is, because, okay. and this is what has really been grinding my gears. Okay. Every major TV network and big newspaper, save you know one or two tiny exceptions, has refused to show the pictures mm. that have so inflamed, uh, you know, reportedly the, the terrorists who did this. That's How are people that's supposed to know what's I going on? I agree with you that it's weird that they've done that, but I think that's a different argument than saying that uh, we're, we're excusing, that these newspapers are excusing the attack. Well, the my, two things are happening They're not showing the material fact about the attack. So my problem, my problem with this is the reason that they're offering for not showing these cartoons is that they say, well, we have long-standing editorial norms that say we don't publish images that are designed to simply provoke uh, hatred or to disseminate, you know, nasty images for the for the sake of provoking. But that's not the story right now. The story is twelve people were killed right. because of a cartoon, and or in retaliation to a cartoon, and there is a public service. There's a need for information. Uh, that comes with showing what the cartoon was. Yeah. This isn't an act. By publishing, by republishing these uh, cartoons, you're not trying to provoke uh, 
people. You were trying to inform people about what it was that tipped off this type of extremism. So there is an obligation almost, in my estimation, for these outlets, primarily the national, big national media outlets, to show these cartoons. We need to know what it is, what what the tipping point is. That's exactly how I I feel. And I'm, I'm amazed for that the, they're not showing. For it. the record, just for the for our listeners, We're sh- for the right, record, we are showing the, it. Oh, of course, we are. Um, and the, we are a bigger, thank goodness, uh, uh, a bigger website here, than they. Here's another reason why I think. Uh, but you, uh, I'll agree <laughs> with goodness. you on that. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I don't think that's the same argument, but I agree with you on that. And I'll tell you why the New York Times, a paper like the New York Times, really needs to actually step up and and show these things. Um, I believe, and I'm sorry I came to this uh, with with just like a dim memory of having read this. I think it was Rosie Gray and BuzzFeed uh, actually wrote an article yesterday about this situation. And um, toward the bottom of her piece, she actually uh, gets the editor of a small uh, Jewish newspaper. And he says, look, we're not going to run these, these, uh, these pictures because my newspaper, if I ran these pictures. My newspaper would be at the front of the queue for the next attack. And as an editor, I can't simply say, well, uh, I want to make a point, and if the consequences are my employees get killed... That's that's okay with me. So did he, that's why, did he ask him? Was what I wondered. That's that, but, but see that's why that's why a newspaper, like the New York Times, has to yes. do this stuff because you've got to give you've got to provide the cover for everyone else who well, may be scared and maybe has a good reason. That and you for can't let scared. the most extremist elements of society be the assignment editors. I mean, if you are willing to say we can't publish this because I'll put at risk my reporters and editors. Uh, you create a very slippery slope. Now, I say this as someone who, you know, thank God I've never been put in that position where I have to weigh these things. I recognize it's a tough call, but, you know, the call is tough for a reason. Did you think at all, did you, did you, did you, any, either you spend any time in the wake of this thinking about, you know, one day the possibility something we publish brings some crazy person to our doorstep? Because I did. It's, it's, no. No. Because there, and that's what's frustrating about a lot of the excuses that uh, organizations have been making. Because ex- you know, with the exception of this one person, the Jewish paper who spoke to Rosie Gray, uh, we don't have people talking about actual credible threats. It's an entirely theoretical yeah. thing that they themselves are just imagining, and maybe it's plausible, but there's no actual threat. So I don't see why you would, uh, you know. Think of that first, but that's in, in, in most cases they're not even saying that. They're saying they just don't like the Associated Press, which their statement sounded a lot like what Sam Stein was uh, paraphrasing yeah, a minute ago. Like, New York Times we have a longstanding also, tradition of just we just don't want to give offense, and uh, and I do think that the the reticence to show pictures is of a piece, even though you're right, it's not explicitly said so. I think it's of a piece with the people who are now arguing. Sure, free speech is important and murder is bad, but we don't uh, think that Charlie Hebdo and papers like that ought to go around deliberately inflaming people who are sensitive. Well, look, I I, I think that that like uh, my only objection here is not that that argument. I'm not saying that argument is not being made; it's being made, and I've seen it been made. Yeah, and I disagree with that. But I, I I just I'm I'm not I'm not comfortable saying that that's like the dominant article uh, argument that's winning right now. I think I, I personally think 
that m- many more people have Charlie Hebdo's back on this. Yes, that's including true. a lot of newspapers who I don't think, just as a matter of course, who who uh, who wouldn't who wouldn't do this stuff that Charlie Hebdo does also, as a matter yeah, of taste. I mean, that's nothing. It's like the New York Times is perfectly, or whatever outlet is perfectly within the right to say that we don't. Uh, publish these offensive images for that specific reason we don't want to provoke. But that's not the same as them saying that Charlie Hebdo shouldn't publish the images. They're just saying we're not in that business. Right. And, you know, that's fine. They're not They're not a satirical cartoonist paper. They're sure. the paper of record. And But, again, to bring it back to my point, when this murder happened, it went from being a satirical image, these cartoons, to being a key piece of a story. Yes. Yeah. And it was no longer about the possibility that you provoke extremists. It was now this is a key bit of information that the readers deserve and probably should see. Yes. And that's my problem. I mean, if, if you're telling the story about this murder, about this heinous murder of 12 people, how can you tell it fully without showing what provoking image was. I guess so. I guess what's animating me is my belief that uh, when there actually is a threat against something as innocuous as a cartoon, that's when it's more important than ever to show it, even if it's uh, you know to to do it actually when it's blasphemous. This is something uh, Ross Douthat said in the New York Times this week. And that circulated really widely, and, yeah. and I uh, strongly agreed with it. And I think uh, I think journalists ought to have a strong opinion about it. Uh, they shouldn't try to be neutral. I think you sh- you should really advocate for the dissemination of of information and even blasphemy for the actual act of blasphemy when it's going to come down to using it to censor you. And I think it's fair to say there's a slippery slope from saying. You can't depict the Prophet Muhammad to you can't show people at all to we're going to control everything you say. Right, sure. I mean, I think that as someone who writes a lot of jokes and has no problem with satire, (laughs) I'm not the type of person that would go out and, like, commission the drawing of a cartoon like Charlie Hebdo did. Right, and it's easy for us to say. You know, I wouldn't – personally, it's not not my cup of tea. I wouldn't do it, you know. But that's – but, you know, you have to understand that, like, we all kind of like come to this game with different perspectives, and and I I personally have all you know pr- if you would ask me prior to this tragic event, what do you think of Charlie Hebdo's satire? I would have said, well, I mean it's 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 edgy, yeah. but it's sort of inept. It's not my favorite stuff in the world. Oh, I disagree. But but I and that's fine. That's yeah. cool. I mean that's the that's life. You know, not everyone likes the same stuff. That's Did you cool. Read a lot of Charlie. Hebdo? I, I w- Get but, the hell out of here. I would no, I didn't <laughs> read it, but I went and looked at like a hundred uh, Charlie Hebdo cartoons yeah, and yesterday. I was, I was laughing no, out loud. They made news yeah, that yesterday. They were firebomb back in. Uh, I understand they moved. So you Arthur and you uh, read Charlie Hebdo twice in the past four years. No, we, it was, they were firebombed a number of years ago. And, that, that, and that I'm saying you've read them entry. twice in the past four years. Excuse me, Each Sam. They get All I'm saying is after this happened... Just happens, don't present yourself like a big... I'm not char- trying to... I'm not. No, I'm, I'm just saying, staring at Arthur. I'm staring at Arthur. I'm, I was responding <laughs> to him to people who <laughs> right. are saying Charlie Hebdo's not even actually that funny. It's more just offensive. I think they're wrong. I think they're wrong. I actually too. think it is pretty funny. 
I, okay, I, I think, and I looked at like I don't know, a hundred, two hundred of their covers yesterday, <laughs> and I was laughing. I LOL'd. Okay, honestly, okay. fair enough, and that's good. That's good because that's what the authors intended, and it's fine. People should laugh at. Well, no, people are saying the authors weren't, didn't even intend that. They people are no, saying they no, only no. intended. I'm not to saying provoke. that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like you know, maybe I'm not as. Let's just say maybe I wouldn't be as as daring to offend. That ma- well, yeah, t- take that far. There's no in this country. We don't have to. And maybe be... I'm a maybe I'm a fucking wuss for saying that. No, you know, no, but... because there's no threat here. It's not our job, really, because we're right. not in the situation. It was right. their job, and they did it well. And if uh, I think it's more important to to be blasphemous where there's an actual threat of retaliation, because that's where the debate needs to happen. And and I just think uh, you know here in the U.S. we should at the very least have their backs because like the president said this is a universal value we're talking about right yeah so so the 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 key is the key issue here is that uh regardless of where whether you thought what charlie hebdo was doing was pushing a line you know i i sort of feel like comedy in a way is 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 a dangerous is a dangerous genre of of art yes and it's got to come up and occasionally push lines and i think that it's not just charlie hebdo that comes up to the line and sometimes crosses it. It's a situation that exists in the life of anyone who does comedy, especially people who do stand-up comedy. These yeah. are people that Chris Rock, in an interview not long ago, which I think fits into this story quite well, talked about you know how when he works out his, his set, he's got to do it in front of a live audience, which means that he's got to go out and run the risk of offending people, jokes bombing, people being mad. But that's just life for him. I mean, that is the way that he perfects what he does. And I think that I think that it's, you know, last year was the year that. uh... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Uh, the whole cancel Colbert thing came in and like you know I was sensitive to the fact that when when Stephen Colbert made his joke he was like aiming a fist at Dan Snyder and he sort of reared back and hit you know oh man I forgot people how did that Asian stereotype make... with the elbow coming back um, and that was unfortunate and I think that maybe you know people were offended and I, I feel like you know express yourself explain why you didn't appreciate that joke yeah and urge the comedian to maybe consider perfecting their art a little bit more. Yes. But give them the range to be dynamic and risky because you run the risk of this com- this art form becoming completely anodyne. Uh, and, and like it, it over the long haul, we all lose that way. We all lose that way. And I'm you know it's it sucks that um, it sucks that the risks inherent to comedy 
are that there is a butt of a joke. And the butt of the joke will obviously take offense. Uh, but but I think that I think that it's a, you know such a powerful genre too that we can't like let it let it just sort of like wither uh, because we're afraid. Washington D.C. We're back in Washington D.C. and not only are we back in Washington D.C. but the new Congress is back in Washington D.C. Uh, and, and right away we get another one of those great, oh my God, John Boehner's facing a challenge from the right, uh, type of story. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Perennial and, and, and always, always, uh, uh, uh anticlimactic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so let's talk about this latest threat to, uh, John Boehner's speakership, which went down in a stupid defeat like all the others. Oh, Sam. Well, I was unimpressed by the whole thing, to be honest. I, I know. But I, I think that's what Jason was sort of saying when it was anticlimactic. Uh, the, the idea that he was going right, to lose... I'm not asking anyone to be yeah. impressed. No, no. The idea that he was going to lose votes was, like, totally unsurprising to me. I mean, there's a chunk of the Republican Party that has won election by never being satisfied with Republican leadership. So they're not going to, like, turn around and be like, okay, we like you. Uh, even though Boehner probably helped get them elected far more than they helped themselves. Um, so whatever. He lost votes. What um, has he done and, to and them what, lately? What's, what's weird is, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the most votes that any speaker has lost in 90 <laughs> years. And it's like, yeah, but this is, like, the biggest majority Republicans have had in 90 years. So, you know, he had more votes to lose. Like, it, it, percentage-wise, I don't know if it's anything different than in years past. So, you know, I'm sorry if I'm boring the no, guests no, no. here, but you, I didn't think it was You that make a good deal. point because it, his speakership was actually never in doubt. At no point did anybody who was paying close attention mm-hmm. think there was any chance he would even Unless be forced into Boyle, a second ballot. Maybe. As, except in the the fever swamp of conservative media, where you can say anything you want, nobody thought this, this time was it's going to be real. And yet, and yet, uh, the mainstream congressional press still treated it like a, a big thing that was happening for all its symbolic power. And and I, and uh, I, I thought that was interesting that we went through it. And, and but but the, the drama is still unfolding. It's not over just because he won. Because now there is the amazing question of how will the defectors be punished? And immediately, two were kicked off right. the Rules Committee, which is a powerful committee, so it's a good assignment to get. Yeah, but now there's some there's rumor that they might get their positions back. That, right, which is, <laughs> come on, don't <laughs> let, let us have something. Let us think if, that something happened. If Bader gives them their positions back, you know, he is a kind on, of, I know you love him, on, as man, did, I love him as a man. I love him as a man. Maybe this fits into the why you love him, because he's just got a kind heart, and he yeah, doesn't want to be mean to people. You're absolutely right. Man, and, if they and come I, to Bader on bended knee, I'd be like, I absolve. Of you. I'm really? Like, I don't know. I'd be like, pour me some Merlot first. Sure. I, we'll talk. Yeah, John Boehner is, uh, is underestimated as a character. I find him inc- extremely compelling. I think he should be portrayed by Tom Hanks in a biopic of some kind. If they look alike, and Hanks could do an amazing right. Boehner. I, yeah, Boehner, here, Boehner's, Boehner, Boehner's uh, like the most unique individual in Congress. Here, and no. I'll be honest with you, like one day, years from now, when Barack Obama and John Boehner are out of politics... I expect to spend a lot of time together. Golfing. Sitting on a porch, 
reminiscing on times gone by. And my favorite, <laughs> my favorite, uh, and this is this is a part of the Boehner uh, drama from the past week that actually says a lot about Washington. It's my favorite part. Remember Dave Bratt? Yeah, the, the guy who came out of nowhere and killed Eric Cantor. So I mean, metaphorically. But, well, yeah, it killed his political we career. We just talked about Charlie Hebdo, so I want to just make it clear. Don't try to censor my metaphors. <laughs> Sorry, pal. you're right. You're right. I, I know I feel a, strongly. Anyway. I was being a scold, and you, you corrected me, and so, I appreciate that. So Dave Bratt yeah. uh, telegraphed his anti-Boehner position in an op-ed and then went ahead, voted against him, all the while saying he liked him as a man. And then when it came time for the ceremonial photo, uh, you know, every member of Congress is sworn in en masse, but then they can they have the option to have their picture taken with their hand on a Bible the, uh, held by the speaker himself. Right. Brat lined up for that with his family. What? I mean, yeah, so, so there's a little, that's so, a little so chutzpah on the, right there. I got a little you. Chutzpah. No, on the one hand, <laughs> in Washington, big deal, right? We know nobody actually cares. Right. We know... People are, you know, after, at the end of the day, they're hanging up and they all go slap each other on the back and, and, and have a cigar. On the and swim naked in that swimming pool. They do all <laughs> kinds of strange rituals together. Uh, you know, they, they're all really friends. On the other hand, Boehner's people were beside themselves that Dave Bratt did this. They were furious. They couldn't believe he did the vote. And then posed with a big smile. Boehner smiled also. They 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 thought that was really too much. Oh. And I love so there's this tension between the you know cost of doing business and actual feelings. You know what? Actual feelings came out. You know what? I, I guess. I, but again, to I get subs, to my point, I subs, Dave Brad's son. whole campaign, like literally his whole campaign, was these motherfuckers in the Republican <laughs> leadership are terrible. And then if he's going to like come into office and vote for Boehner again, that would sort of defeat the purpose. Boehner should have expected that. The Boehner, point- Boehner has thick, orangey skin. He should have been able to handle Dave Bates They weren't mad vote. about the vote. They were mad about the picture. <laughs> Whatever. Doesn't matter. He should be able to accept the picture. He's a big boy. So uh, th- we also now, because it's 2015, uh, <laughs> John Stewart made this point uh, actually pretty nicely. It's like, it's 2015, which means we have to skip to 2016. Right. Uh, and we're no different. We're, 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 we're swimming in the muck of 2016, Yana. But I want to talk about this story that like kind of like dredged itself up a little bit right before the new year happened. In U.S. News and World Report, Dave Katniss uh, wrote a lengthy profile about Jim Webb. Now, Jim Webb is a former Virginia senator who has uh, sort of like uh, decided he's maybe going to run for president. He put out like a 14-minute ad at his local, uh, you know, cable cable station, <laughs> Olin Mills or some shit, uh, talking about how he want to be president. And so, so Katniss wrote a piece that's like, you know, it was like, why, why, why does Webb want to do this at this moment? And deep down in the piece, there's talk of, the, of Hillary Clinton. And Katniss reported at the time that Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign was like keeping an eye on Webb. And then he reported that someone from Philip Ryan's office, and I, I don't know, Philippe, Philippe, I don't know Philippe how to pronounce Reigns. it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he's a consigliere. Her, her longtime sort of like media consigliere, yeah. yeah a um, bulldog even. Very had, aggressive. Someone, either him or someone from his office had been shopping around uh, 
the racy passages from Jim Webb's novels. Before he was a senator, he was a novelist uh, uh, to radio producers. And and so Kennedy puts this in his report. Clinton Clinton land blows right the fuck up. Uh, with a sp- spokesman, Nick Merrill, saying that's an unmitigated lie. Cadniss's source is like, nah, nah, son, it's not. I'm on the level. Yeah. Uh, and there was like, and then and then uh, Media Matters stepped in to litigate it, and they and, and they wrote a piece that was essentially was like, look, the Clinton camp denied it. Case closed. And Come I was on, kind of guys. like, I was like, really? That's yeah. <laughs> you're a media watchdog, and now we're just taking denials at face value. Were you? Did you just arrive in Washington today? What's <laughs> What's uh, what's particularly amazing about the Clinton campaign dredging up Jim Webb's novels is that this is used Bruce Allen Oppo. Seriously, this is Makaka. This is bad paper, man. This is bad paper. This didn't work for Bruce Allen. In Wait, the hold on. Campaign. I gotta stop you because I gotta stop you. Oh my God, George Bruce, Allen. Because Bruce Allen. I've got Redskins <laughs> on the brain. The former Redskins general manager. Uh, that the, is the brother of uh, yeah. of George Allen. That is so us. Yeah, sorry, George Allen. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Bruce Allen was just sacked finally. Right. Okay, we're not going to talk about the Redskins though. Well, I was just saying he and yeah, okay. he and his brother are both sort of losers. <laughs> yes. yes, that's correct. All right, fair enough. Let me bring this back to point. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think the Clins even care? Like Jim Webb is polling below one percent. I know. It's like we need to practice being. Venal. They're practicing. They have yeah. nothing to do. They haven't been doing anything right. really. Uh, no, it's no. it's it's just a treading water situation Something for them. Are- this thing our colleague Jeff Young pointed out is that Philippe Rines, Rains, whatever the fuck his you're, name you're is. You're going to get an angry uh, phone call. <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. That that he's been with the Clinton camp for so long that he maybe have, feels like he has a license to freelance a little bit. So mm. it is possible that Rines' office did something and Nick Merrill, who represents the kind of more staid face of the proto-campaign – legitimately doesn't know anything about it. Like, he's like, no, we didn't order the code red. Uh, <laughs> but but, 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 but uh, if you talk to any reporter who's dealt with Philippe, Philip, whatever that is. Oh, my God. Just Philippe. call just say PR. 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 <laughs> if you talk to anyone who who is who's dealt with this guy over the course of many years, uh, the composite you get about this guy is that eh, he does have all the sort of, like, personality of a lower bowel obstruction is <laughs> like kind of a serious uh uh ill-tempered bad-humored person but the thing is is that this this like you were saying arthur this oppo is so stupid like yeah, i mean it's like it's a little bit so weird I, I think like, Ill, I, do credit, I do credit pr with having some iq bowel obstruction and ill temper i think speaks to the 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 nature of the the clinton campaign at this but just nothing's going on there's no. It's, this it's, is the thing, though, right? I mean, part of the problem is there's no campaign. You have a bunch of people who formerly have worked for her or who are in some organizations that would be affiliated with her campaign who are sort of freelancing, right? And so, like, it wouldn't strike me as implausible that Philippe or PR was just like, oh, you know. I made a hash of that. Let's, just... screw, let's screw with Jim Webb a little bit. But it wasn't, like, authorized in the slightest. He just wants to be kind of a dick. And that's that. And, you know, whatever. That's politics. It's Get seriously, over it. Who it's, cares? It's seriously stupid. Hey, when does this thing go up, this podcast? 
Well, that's a weird thing to ask us in the middle of taping it. Uh, good point. I was just going to say, because we have breaking news while we're taping this. Barbara Boxer's retiring. Do you have something Whoa. to say about that? Yeah. We could. We could uh... I just feel like it's worth pausing for a moment to reflect on the fact that California will have a f- its first Senate opening since 1992. Wow, that is a long time. It's what, 20? It's going to be 24 years since there was a Senate opening in California. That's crazy. What Harley is... Fiorina, call your office. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> is oh, wait, wait, wait. Is this, is this a demon sheep? No. Possibility? Yeah, yeah. No, she's, she's a Virginia resident now. But this is what I was thinking. There is one man who does have a prominent house in California who everyone thinks will run for some office, and that's Mitt Romney. Oh. Se- California Senator Mitt Romney? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. La Jolla Mitt Romney. Wow. Um, that would it. be so great. You will not be able to smoke <laughs> weed on the beaches in California. I really, I would, I want Mick Romney, Mitt Romney to remain in the public eye, but I don't, I think he's got Got too many grants. His ambition set on the presidency. I think he's going to run again. Yeah. It would be. Ca- Whoa! Wait. What? No, all he, I, he all on. he has to do is just fix a few things he did wrong last time. <laughs> like everything. Yeah. <laughs> wrong. You know, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'll be dead honest with you. 2012. The story of Mitt Romney's life was during the primary. Nobody wanted him to win, and everyone was begging other people to jump into the race. It would be just. It would just be so cherry if, like, we get midway through this primary and, like, the Republican establishment is like, oh, can we have Mitt back, please? Can we, have, <laughs> can we please have Mitt back? Who that would be, that uh, would be tasty. Ben Carson with a plagiarized book. Yeah. Mike Huckabee, who, whose newsletter sends out ads for curing cancer <laughs> through, like – some some uh, diet. That's you, Andrew Kaczynski's story today of BuzzFeed. Check it out. It's hilarious. And there's all, there's, it's still, uh, and, and Jeb Bush. They're waiting for Mitt is who what is, saying. Who is as boring as my you're social saying, security disability. There's, a, there's a savior out there and his name is Mitt. Basically. More importantly, Jeb Bush is like knit up in Common Core and immigration reform. The Republican field remains weak is all I'm saying. So Mitt Romney. Rand Paul begs to differ. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, I just want George Pataki. I'm sorry for begs to yeah, differ. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to move the conversation no, away okay. from important policy matters. It just seems like you know Barbara Boxer. It's a big moment. You're a big Barbara Boxer fan. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Jewish. Yeah, yeah. you got you got a poster <laughs> of it right by your desk. Yeah, next to the menorah. That yeah, I it's like your your. Uh, you're the mezuzah. When you come into the office <laughs> exactly. in the morning, it's like Barbara. It's just a picture of her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally. Well, that was weird. Great day to be back. I that happened. That, yeah. So that happened. Yeah. It did happen, didn't it? Let's get out of here. Bye, guys. So that's what happened this week. This podcast was produced and edited by Ibrahim Balki with technical direction from Brad Shannon and assistance from Christine Canetta, Chris Gentleviso, and Adriana Ucero. I'm Jason Lincolns, and this week we were joined by HuffPost senior politics reporter Arthur Delaney and our boss, Sam Stein. Sam, we hope this will reflect well on our next performance review. You can check out So That Happened on iTunes, as well as the Huffington Post whole family of podcasts. Subscribe and tell your friends. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, send an email to so that happened at HuffingtonPost.com. And as always, thanks for listening. We miss you already. Hold up. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.